This is the XC's one big thing, understanding the Salazar doping scandal. Each week, we push out a newsletter and we hit five things. Uh, and every once in a while, one of those five things is a big thing. So we pull it out of those five things and we make it one big thing and unpack it a little bit further. The Alberto Salazar Nike Oregon Project doping scandal is definitely one of those big things. So we're going to take a little bit more time and take a look at it for you. So big questions at the top. What does this four-year ban mean for his athletes, for Nike, and for the health of distance running in general? This is everything you need to know about the situation in one short listen. So every time I get a notification on my phone uh, from the likes of ESPN, New York Times, The Guardian, about something running related, it's unfortunately never a good thing. Um, they just don't tend to cover running uh, positive running stories. When my phone blew up earlier this week with the words Alberto Salazar all over it, I knew what was coming. So it all started earlier this week in the evening. Uh, Mark Daly, a BBC reporter, uh, started uh, tweeting out details of the ban. And this, in many ways, actually came from the BBC's reporting in conjunction with uh, ProPublica. They did a, a, an expose in the summer of 2015, which highlighted questionable methods used by the Nike Oregon Project under Alberto Salazar in how they were medicating and treating their athletes. So after a four-year investigation, the Nike Oregon Project coach Alberto Salazar, he's been barred from coaching uh, by the U.S. Anti-Doping Association for a four-year term, along with a Nike-paid doctor uh, working with Salazar's elite athletes. We'll get to him in a minute. So why is this a big deal? Uh, Salazar was one of the pillars of Nike's recent global domination in distance running. He headed the Oregon Project, which includes top American runners Galen Rupp and Jordan Hasse. Salazar also coached Mo Farah from 2011 uh, until the four-time gold medalist left him in October 2017. And that's something to keep an eye out on. I think we're not done hearing from Mo Farah yet. Uh, his statements recently have been very carefully structured and worded. I think they hint at something, and I'm curious to see if he's got more to say. So during uh, Farah's time with Salazar, he was nearly unbeatable in the 5,000 and 10,000 meters. You have to also keep in mind that he and no other Salazar athlete has ever failed a drug test, which is pretty interesting. Former Salazar athletes and colleagues blew the whistle on him back in 2015. This included prominent runner Kara Goucher uh, and a young and up-and-coming coach at the time who worked at the Oregon Project named Steve Magnus. And they both spoke to reporters for that British news program uh, on BBC called Panorama, along with journalists from ProPublica as well. I believe David Epstein was involved in that. And they detailed Salazar's methods. And so what's the immediate impact here? Salazar was, at least, in Doha earlier this week at the World Championships for track and field. He had seven athletes there. Seven Nike Organ Project athletes were competing for their countries, including uh, Sifan Hassan of the Netherlands, who totally dominated the 10,000 meters. Salazar has reportedly been stripped of his credentials, and his athletes were told not to communicate with him any further. So why is Salazar being banned? Let's go into this a little bit. For two years, from 2017 to 2019, USADA has been formally battling with actually Nike lawyers that were representing Salazar and Dr. Jeffrey Brown, the endocrinologist on the Nike payroll who saw many of the Oregon Project athletes. Former NOP runner uh, Dathan Ritzenhine's story in a 2017 feature that was in the New York Times is uh, pretty, pretty damning. I'll, I'll just read the lead paragraph to you here. 
Dathan Ritzenhain, an Olympic distance runner for the United States, was starting to feel sick from his thyroid medication, a drug that was not medically necessary, but one that his coach, a powerful and combative figure in the sport, had strongly recommended to improve his performance. That's starting to kind of unpack the strategies here and the reason why Salazar is now facing a four-year ban. So it's testosterone that's at the center of this investigation as well. Both Salazar and Brown are accused of possessing and trafficking a banned performance enhancer, according to the BBC. Uh, The 2015 report claimed that Salazar applied an androgen gel, which is a testosterone that's in the form of a liquid or a gel. He applied it to his athletes, including Rupp, slathering it on them before and after workouts and races. Other dodgy medical strategies, including treating non-existing thyroid conditions, as mentioned before, highlighted by Ritzenhain and others, have also been called into question in the past. Uh, I'd like to add also that there's a substance called L-carnitine, which apparently turns fat into energy at a much more rapid rate than your body normally would, or it aids in that process, it speeds it up, uh, was allegedly being tested by NOP uh, by using uh, Steve Magnus, the coach, as the guinea pig for that. And I should add one more thing, which is that since uh, in the last couple of days, the New York Times has also reported that Nike CEO Mark Parker was aware way, way back, even as far back as almost 10 years ago, of these strange tests that Salazar and Brown were doing. And Brown was, in fact, communicating with Parker directly about the tests and about the results of those tests. And Parker was responding and not responding, condemning the behavior. He was responding just sort of interested in what the results were. And it, it seems it from, from the emails and from these, these strategies, it sounds like, The Oregon Project was trying to figure out ways to walk up right to the edge of the line of what was allowable in terms of testosterone levels, etc., and then push their athletes to that level using these medications that they did not need and using them for performance-enhancing purposes and getting them all to that line and holding them there so they didn't quite cross the line. So Salazar and Brown are also accused of tampering which is another element of this. Brown was condemned uh, in the suspension for putting performance and benefit of his employer as a Nike consultant ahead of his duty as a physician for the health and safety of his athletes. I think questions still linger here and we'll go through them. Will Nike cut ties with Salazar or stand by him? So up until this point, the company has been quietly supporting Salazar in the last couple of years for sure, helping him fight the allegations and providing lawyers and presumably covering the legal fees as well and allowing him to maintain his prominent role within the organization. What Nike does next is going to be telling. Thus far, the NOP site, which sells popular Skull and Wings themed uh, team kit, quickly released a statement from Salazar himself. So they gave him that platform uh, where, of course, he, he proclaims his innocence This suggests that they may double down on their coach and dig in for the long fight. Nike did release a statement claiming no knowledge of the use of a banned substance by their athletes. This is an important one. I'll read it. We support Alberto in his decision to appeal and wish him the full measure of due process that the rules require. Nike does not condone the use of banned substances in any manner. What that statement really says is that it's important to note here that There's a careful line that they're walking. Uh, They're suggesting that they support Salazar while hedging slightly, leaving the company and out if need be. So what happens to to Galen Rupp and other athletes? Rupp has been the Oregon Project calling card for years. Salazar first identified Rupp's talent as a high schooler, and in many ways, the NOP system is modeled after what 
has worked for Rupp. Under Salazar and Nike, Rupp has been sculpted into an Olympic medalist on the track and in the marathon, and he employs these periods of legendarily intense training with the science and technology that only a company like Nike could afford. Now that those methods are officially being categorized as cheating, the track record of, of Salazar's athletes will surely be picked apart. Rupp, in particular, has been scrutinized for years, and his coach's suspension comes at a vulnerable time for the athlete who just finished rehabbing a difficult Achilles injury and is set to race in Chicago, a carefully choreographed situation that he won two years ago. It felt as much a coronation as it did a victory for Rupp when he won the Chicago Marathon in 2017. And it was like he was really turning a corner in his career, and it, and it seemed as though finally the running community started to celebrate him instead of scrutinize him. So all this comes at a period where these allegations surrounding Salazar and Rupp over the years seem to all but be behind Rupp, and he was finally being embraced as that American great instead of the robotic villain. It's another hit to the status of the sport. Rupp, Jordan Hasse, and others are key marketing tools for Nike and help grow distance running, which is the foundation of the company's sales strategy. We should not forget that Nike started out as a running shoe maker first and foremost. Think about their origin story. Bill Bowerman the waffle iron for the waffle knit racer. It's a key part of their DNA, of their identity. These athletes have been deeply involved in a protracted and secretive testing and rollout of Nike's hugely successful vapor fly lineup of shoes, which helped reestablish the brand as not only the sales leader, but also as a top innovator. Since Nike launched the project with its carbon plated shoe, pretty much every brand has been forced to respond with its own spin on the technology. Lest we forget, only a couple of years ago, Nike was kind of in the weeds a little bit uh, in terms of technology. They had the bread and butter shoe, the Pegasus, I think has always sold fairly well, but they didn't really have a clearly defined silo of shoes. And certainly the top, say, 100 athletes at any marathon, you look what was on their feet. After the first 10 or 20 elite level runners that were sponsored by Nike, there weren't that many athletes that were wearing their racing flats, that sort of thing. So the 4% and now the next percent were like a huge breakthrough for the company and people line up for them and they sell out almost immediately. The Oregon Project athletes have been a huge part of that marketing plan. So what are the takeaways from this? Oh man, Chicago. The timing is particularly bad for Nike and for the sport in general, and certainly for the Chicago Marathon. The spotlight is on running right now with the IAAF World Championships uh, unfolding in Doha. Followed by that is going to be Chicago, Elliot Kipchoge's second attempt at a sub-two-hour marathon, another Nike athlete, and the New York City Marathon, of course. They're all following in quick succession over the next few weeks. So watch out in Chicago uh, in particular. It's going to be probably a pretty awkward moment for the swoosh as well as Rupp. Farah, who will also be racing, as well as Jordan Hasse, will be there too racing. So the added media attention is surely to overshadow the actual race. Last thing, if a coach gets busted for doping athletes, what about the doped athletes? I'm sure this will not be the end of this story. <laughs>